You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good Monday show for you on this MLK holiday. We are going to talk about the Reality Steve merch line that I launched on Saturday. We're also going to talk about Nick Vial putting his foot in his mouth again. We're going to talk about the little meetup that happened in Arizona on Saturday night, in case you missed that. And we are going to break down those first three episodes of The Traders on Peacock. So if you did not watch, you might want to fast forward through the end of this podcast. We'll hit on that as we end this podcast. But so much good stuff. First three episodes off to a great start for The Traders. And we'll talk about all that momentarily. All right, let's begin with the launch of the Reality Steve merchandise line. I knew it was coming soon. Everything got put together on Friday, and I was like, you know what? Let's just launch over the weekend. So I did. It's going to be all over my social media a lot. Anybody that has ordered already, which quite a few of you have, once you get your product, by all means, wear it. Post it on Instagram. Tag me in it. I'll repost you. Basically, what I tried to do was get different types of clothing and different types of accessories for you. You have three different logos that are on any sort of clothing or accessory. You can get I Love Being Spoiled by Reality Steve. You can get Spoiled by Reality Steve. Or you can get See Ya with Reality Steve underneath it. Those are the three logos that I went with to start. And you can get those in a hoodie, a sweatshirt, a cotton t-shirt, a v-neck t-shirt, and a soft style t-shirt. I also had a lot of different colors because I was just like, look, this isn't something that I had to buy in bulk. So I was able to put, no matter, I could put more colors, but these were the colors that I felt comfortable with. The hoodie comes in nine different colors and eight different sizes. So that's, I think, a lot of variation for you. The sweatshirt comes in eight different colors and eight different sizes. The V-neck t-shirt only comes in four colors, but it has five different sizes to it. The cotton t-shirt has eight colors and eight sizes. And the soft style t-shirt has seven colors and six sizes. And like I said, you can get any one of the logos put on any of the articles of clothing, all of them, all the hoodies you can get in a, I love being spoiled, spoiled, or see ya. Same with sweatshirt, same with v-neck, same with cotton, same with the soft style t-shirt. If you did not see my social media this weekend, if you were away, it is in my Instagram bio now, the link that brings you right to the merchandise store. If you forget that, it's in my highlights on my Instagram page where it says RS Merch. If you go to my Twitter account, it's going to be the first tweet on my Twitter account. I will leave it as my pinned tweet for a while. And then once the column starts up next week, when we start recapping Joey's season, there will be a link and on my uh, website that brings you right to the merch page. So there's no way to not find it. Uh, I'll be promoting it. A um, couple people in Bachelor Nation have some stuff that they will be uh, posting, hopefully soon, um, that merchandise that I had sent them. So that's good. But, yeah, I just wanted to finally have a merchandise line. It's been years I literally started one back in uh, 2011, but I didn't know what I was doing, and my audience wasn't nearly as big back then. So um, those are the clothing things that you can get for Reality Steve. The accessories, same exact thing. You can get any of those three logos on a water bottle, a tumbler, 
a ceramic mug, an accent mug, and the wine chiller should be out soon. Um, that was already set to go, and then all of a sudden they went out of stock. So, um, But, yeah, you can get it on a, a white tumbler or a gray uh, tumbler. You can also get it on, like I said, a water bottle, a coffee mug, an accent coffee mug, and a just regular uh, ceramic coffee mug. So check that out. Really appreciate it if you buy some uh, merch, some swag for you. And like I said, anybody that buys stuff, once you get your product, by all means, take a picture in it, post it on your Instagram, tag me in it, and uh, I'll repost you for sure. Thanks to all those that have already bought as well. Um, definitely had quite a few orders uh, over the weekend, so that's good. Let's keep it going. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I'll be able to repost anybody who wants to tag themselves in the picture. Not sure if you saw what went down Saturday night in Arizona. You all know that Dave Neal and his wife Tasha are moving to Nashville. Well, the move started on Friday. They got a giant moving truck that Dave is driving across the country. They stopped in Arizona on Saturday night and pre-planned a meeting uh, with Courtney Robertson and her husband. Clayton was there. Greg Gillespie and his wife were there. And in addition, Clayton's lawyer was there as well, who was also Greg Gillespie's lawyer. Greg Gillespie, for those that don't know, is one of the other men involved with Laura Owens, who she filed a lawsuit against that's still gosh I believe it's still ongoing I've lost track of where that case is but you think the the Clayton case was crazy don't forget the Greg Gillespie case which started in 2021 now which is ironic I want to point out it's ironic and I've, I've said this from the beginning the whole ironic thing about all of this as Laura who just loves firing off lawsuits at people who don't believe her the funny thing about all of this and I'm serious when I say it's hysterical, is the fact that none of us would have known anything about this case if Laura doesn't go to the sun. So she goes to the sun, people react negatively, and then she gets mad at them for talking about a public case. Like, that shows you how backwards her thinking is. We never would have known anything about this. Clayton would have had to have done this all on his own. He never would have found out about two previous cases in the state of Arizona regarding Laura and other men. Never would have, because nobody would have bothered to look because we wouldn't have known. <laughs> she, she basically ratted herself out by going to the sun and trying to get publicity for this thing, which she did. But then publicity turned into what it's turned into. There's a reason why we found out about these other cases. We wouldn't have known. Clayton would have prob Clayton probably would have. Let's just think about this. If she never tells the son, I doubt Clayton comes public with this story, right? He's not going to share this on his Instagram because it's something that can't be shared in just a minute Instagram post, you know? This is something that has to be shared in detail. So he probably would have had to deal with this privately. And I'm guessing at some point he would have paid Laura Owens money for something. I don't know what. Maybe to leave him alone. I, I, I don't know. But he was dealing with it privately from May 20th until the day she came out and told the son to write the article. And the son decided to write the article, right? That was in, what, September, I believe, is when that article came out? So Clayton was dealing with this privately for four months. I mean, maybe maybe Susie knew. Maybe some, obviously, friends and family of Clayton's knew. But this was never getting to be public. It was four months. Nobody in the public knew this was even going on. So... That's the ironic thing about all of it and the hysterical thing to me 
is that she thought she was doing a good thing by going to the press and bring Clayton down and try and cancel him when all it did was actually throw everything back on her and the digging started to become like a daily occurrence of people finding out more and more stuff about her and her past. So all the while, just absolutely chef's kiss. Thank you, Laura Owens, for coming public with this story because, hell, it brought Clayton and Greg Gillespie together. Don't you find it funny? I mean, I do. I think it's hilarious that the last two guys who Laura claims to be impregnated by hired the same law firm and now have become friends where they're hanging out. And they all hung out this past Saturday night. I FaceTimed with Dave and Courtney, said hi to everybody that was there. They couldn't hear me because, you know, you know when you FaceTime from a bar, the person on the receiving end, like me, who was sitting in my office, I could hear everything they were saying, but they couldn't hear a word I was saying. It was too loud. But thank you guys for uh, reaching out and FaceTiming with me. But (laughs) just the whole thing is it's like bringing people together. I mean, Dave's being sued by her. He's hanging out with Clayton. Clayton's being sued by her. He's hanging out. Greg Gillespie is there with his wife. Greg Gillespie's wife is pregnant, by the way, and due any minute. Tasha is pregnant. They're due in March. Courtney's pregnant. She's due in May. So three women there, all pregnant. Just fun times had all around. But in case you missed that on social media, that's what went down on Saturday night. Um, I just can't get enough. I just think it's hilarious that I'm guessing Laura Owens is sitting at home literally pissing herself, knowing that. Greg Gillespie and Clayton are buddies now, and they are absolutely sharing stories about her. And let's face it, Laura knows what's up. Laura absolutely knows what's up and what those guys are saying. So that's I, I, I love that. I love that it's making her squirm that these guys are buddies now and they hired from the same legal team. <laughs> awesome. Got a new sponsor for the podcast, Mint Mobile. You know, we break down some tea on this podcast. We share tea. And when I give tea, you guys all like talking about tea with someone else, right? Well, right now, the best deal in wireless is at Mint Mobile. Why don't you tell your friends that? For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. What are you paying right now for your wireless subscription? Over 100 bucks, I guarantee you. 15 bucks a month at Mint Mobile. They are here to rescue you. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans and draw jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch those overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's Limited time deal. Get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. To get this customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash reality Steve. That's mintmobile.com slash reality Steve. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash reality Steve. Additional taxes and fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Did you see the latest of Nick Vial putting his foot in his mouth? I mean, it's just like, it's almost like a weekly occurrence at this point. So Nick was talking about Sheena and Brock from Vanderpump Rules. And first off, Charlie Burnett was the one that called Brock a payroll husband on Nick's podcast. And then Nick followed it up with calling Brock a payroll husband on his podcast. 
And Sheena's just like, what the hell? Where did this come from? She even said, I've known Nick for years. I have his phone number. We've done some social media things together. I have appeared on this podcast. Charlie referred to Brock as a payroll husband. And then the next episode, I think he referred to Brock as the payroll husband. And Shay just said, look, what's wrong? First off, what's wrong with that? Number two, he's not a payroll husband. It just doesn't make any sense. And then she basically threw it back on Nick. And we know that Nick's fiance, Natalie, is on his podcast, is the co-host of his podcast now. And she said, that really irked me, especially when his fiance is literally on the payroll. So that is rich coming from you. Which, look, she's right. <laughs> I, She says she doesn't pay Brock. I, I guess we have to take her at her word. First off, even if she did, who cares? If she's the breadwinner and she pays Brock and, ha- and he does stuff for her and he's on her payroll, who cares? So the fact that anyone's even calling him a payroll husband doesn't make any sense to me. If it's fact, why do you have to point it out? And if you do point it out, it's kind of a misogynistic quote to say because you're basically saying, oh, he should be making the money and not her. Says who? But the fact that Nick even brought it up as a guy who has his fiance on his payroll makes, again, literally zero sense. Does I, I know Nick doesn't have a filter and Nick just likes to shoot from the hip. But why does he constantly put his foot in his mouth? Why do you even have to say this? And look, maybe there is a part. Maybe Natalie does that podcast for free. I don't think she does. And maybe Nick will address it this Oh, wait, no, he doesn't address anything he's called out for. My bad. So we won't, we, we, shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't hold our breath waiting for an answer on this one. But I got to believe, right, Natalie's on Nick's payroll, which is fine. If he wants to pay her, that's fine. We're not even, this isn't the issue of someone being on someone's payroll that's related to them. That's not the issue. The issue is why is somebody whose fiance is on his payroll calling someone else a payroll husband? And Nick just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. And he never will. Okay, now let's talk about the traitors. Did you watch the first three episodes that dropped on Friday on Peacock? I actually thought they were going to drop during the day or like at midnight, like once it turned to Friday morning. No, 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 no. They didn't drop till 8 p.m. Central Time on Friday night. But I watched them all that night. And I was just as excited to watch this season as I was last season, probably even more so because this season is all reality TV people. Remember last season was half reality people and half regular people. So it's like, okay, it's fine. But some of those regular people were a little bit too starstruck to be on that show with reality TV people. These people are all reality TV brands in and of themselves. So if you don't want to know what happened in the first three episodes, you can fast forward and or you can pretty much stop this podcast at this point. We got to start off the traders. The big thing is who are going to be the traders? Who is Alan Cumming going to choose as the traders? Well, last season we got three people. We got Suri, we got Cody Calafiori, and then one of the um, non-reality TV people. The guy that wore the hat, forgetting his name. Sorry. This time around, at the first, what's it called? The uh, round table. The first round table, he walks around, touches two people on the shoulder. Only two this time. And he touched 
Dan Geesling from Big Brother, and he touched Phaedra Parks from one of the Real Housewives franchises. And he announces those two, the people that were chosen as the traitors, even though nobody knows who it was, have to recruit somebody else. So they ended up recruiting Parvati, which was I thought was a good choice. And their first elimination, they went right after Bananas. So Bananas literally didn't even get to play in the game, and he's gone. So the only probably the only issue that I have with this show is that it seems like every challenge comes down to the last few seconds, and there's just no way. There's no way. Because especially the first one, where they were swimming in the water and they had to put the puzzle together, there was like two minutes left, and it's like they weren't even close. And then all of a sudden they all finished and they all swam back to shore and literally got back on shore with literally less than five seconds to spare. I'm like, no, there's no way <laughs> something was off on this, but they made it. They got some extra money. So, um, so the first banishment was bananas. They murdered him. And then they, then they recruit after they banished bananas is when they recruited Parvati. Then they had their first vote off where the round table meets and they can start voting people off. And they voted off Peppermint. I don't know much about Peppermint. I don't watch uh, the RuPaul's Drag Race. But she got voted off. They got voted off. Sorry. I don't know what her pronoun, their pronouns are. See what I mean? Even if you know to use somebody's pronouns, it's impossible to constantly remember. Uh, so I apologize. But Peppermint was voted off. And then once they vote somebody off... The traders meet, and for the first time, Dan and Phaedra get to meet, or Parvati gets to meet who the other traders were that recruited her. And they meet, and she's like, whoa. <laughs> Did not suspect either of you guys. You guys are doing a great job. I never would have guessed it was you two. So they recruit Parvati, and... They were thinking of possibly going. Dan said it was, I guess, down to Sandra and Parvati. And he went with Parvati. Then the second vote off happens. And the second vote off ends up being Max. Oh, by the way, after uh, Peppermint was voted off by the group because they thought that she was one of the traitors, the traitors voted off Marcus, Marcus Jordan. So now Larsa doesn't have her fiance there or her boyfriend there. And so we're down to, what, 21 people started on the show. Bananas is gone. Peppermint's gone. Marcus is gone. Then the second vote-off happens, and they vote off Maxim Shmirkovsky from Dancing with the Stars. So now we got four people. So now we've only got 17 people left, and three of them are traitors. So 14 people aren't. And <clears throat> the third episode ended with a twist that they did not have in season one, which was... You know, when they the traders meet at night, they just write a letter and it's left on somebody's under somebody's door and they wake up the next morning and realize they've been murdered and they're off the show. Well, for the first time in these two seasons, it's probably happened in other seasons, I'm guessing, of in other countries where the traders has aired is Parvati, Dan and Phaedra have to murder somebody in plain sight without getting caught. Now, here's the thing that I'm confused about. So they basically have to find, they had to find a chalice, which was in hidden in one of the books in the library. So they were able to get the chalice. And you have to get somebody to drink from the chalice to, quote-unquote, murder them. 
But the episode ended with a cliffhanger of who was going to drink from the chalice that Parvati poured a drink into. So my question now becomes, and I guess we're probably going to have an answer to this when the next episode is revealed, which is on Thursdays. Even though they dropped these three episodes last Friday, every week from now on, on Thursday is when the new episode drops. So this Thursday, we'll find out. But my question now going into Thursday's episode is, wait a second. How is this murder going to happen? Like somebody's going to drink from that chalice and then what happens? They're clearly not going to like die. Production comes in and says you were murdered because you drank from this chalice or somebody was murdered tonight. I don't really understand. But like I said, I'm sure we'll have our answer on Thursday. But it just seems like if it's revealed that whoever drank from the chalice was eliminated and murdered because they drank from the chalice, won't it be easy to pin it on poverty? I don't know. Like I said, there's still stuff that has to air. It, It can't be that easy. I'm just, they didn't really explain it very well other than they explained it to the traders is whoever you get to drink from this chalice is the next one eliminated. But they never said what that actually meant. And at what point, like right when they take a sip, it's going to be like, oh, you're done. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how this, I don't know how this works. I'm really confused. I like the twist. I like them having to murder someone in plain sight rather than just writing a name on a piece of paper and slipping it under their door and they wake up next morning and they're gone like they did for bananas. But, um, and, and, and they did for Marcus, but I really need to see how this poison chalice plays out. The final thing I want to talk about in regards to this is when the rest of the group meets at the round table every night to determine who they think is a traitor. And look, it's a very small sample size. We've only had one season that had 10 episodes, and this season is three episodes in. But I think what I said last season still holds this season. What if these people were just really good game players and they guessed Dan or Parvati or Phaedra in the first few guesses at Roundtable? What would happen to the game? If they guessed him right away, what happens? Has it happened in other uh, – because I know some people of you that watch this show – have watched the one uh, traders in other countries. What's like the earliest the first trader has ever been voted on has has happened? Because it doesn't seem like any of these people have a clue right now that it's Parvati or Phaedra. No one's even talking about them. We saw in the third episode there are two women um, that think uh, one, one of the women from Shaws of Sunset and Larsa voted for Dan. So they're suspecting something with Dan because Dan's very quiet. But it just seems like all you have to do is just not do anything remotely suspicious and you won't get voted. Like the people who have been voted out during Roundtable, which were Peppermint and Max, it's like they were voted out because they said something suspicious. Peppermint had her fight with Trisha and Max was being very cagey around some of the men. Deontay Wilder pinned him and Deontay was just a thousand percent convinced, oh, it's got to be Max. And it wasn't. It wasn't even close. So it's just like I'm I'm curious of why these people are so off. And, and look, maybe Parvati and Phaedra and Dan are doing a great job at hiding it. But we've seen 10 episodes last season, like I said, three this season. And it seems like those early episodes, no, none of the traders 
are even remotely being suspected, and they're going after people that clearly aren't traitors. So what's the goal here? Just, just don't piss anybody off. Don't say anything remotely alarming, and you're not going to get pinned, and no one's going to blame you for anything and vote you out as one of the traitors. Unless you want to be voted out. I don't know. But, hey, first three episodes are in the books. Go check it out if you haven't. It's on Peacock, where the football game was on Saturday night. So, yeah, it was on Peacock. Go check it out. And like I said, every episode will be released. It's another 11-episode season. The 11th episode is another reunion show. But every episode uh, on Peacock will be released one episode a week on Thursdays now uh, until they are done with the 11 episodes. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Um, You can check out the Sports Daily, which will be up in an hour from now. Check out that Reality Steve merch store. It's everywhere on my social media accounts. It's in my Instagram bio. It's on my Instagram highlights. It's the top tweet on my Twitter account. Check out the store. You can get I Love Being Spoiled, Spoiled, or See Ya on any article of clothing you want or any accessory that you want. So go check it out. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!